Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, just gone at midday Eastern Standard Time. We are broadcasting live from our Brangaroo studios. You have tuned in for the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Lot to get through today and uh, the team is just a cracker today. Andrew Weiland from uh, DP Wealth Advisory. Uh, limbering up, that's because he's old. And uh, happy <laughs> happy birthday for the weekend, Andrew. I know you were you were so you're keeping it on the down low, but a big birthday. Uh, not many people get to sixty. Well done. Um, no, no, that was fifty. All right, happy birthday, mate. Thanks, Koshi. Big night Thank of you. the Empire Theatre in uh, Toowoomba. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. How are, uh, where, where were you last, 50, Henry? Uh, 11 <laughs> years ago, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yep, same with me. Unfortunately. <laughs> Long time ago. Anyhow, uh, you and I are the wise old heads with the youngster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. here joining us as the uh, as the third wheel. All right, uh, let's get stuck straight into it because these two blokes always have a lot of good stuff to say. Uh, you've asked us to take a look in this first half hour at Technology One. Uh, EQ Resources and Group 6 Metals, I've, I've sort of um, put them together, if you like, so we've got a bonus extra because they're both in the same sector. Um, Life360, the Beta Shares Australian Strong Bear and the Beta Shares Australia 200 ETF. Um, Stock of the day, though, um, lots of updates flowing through this week. Uh, Today, Incitec Pivot, the big uh, uh, fertiliser explosive group, says uh, they updated the markets today, said earnings will be skewed to the second half for the explosive business. Uh, Breaking it down, Incitec's uh, explosive business Dino Noble Americas uh, made earnings of 260 million, Asia Pacific 79, fertilizer 108 million dollars. Um, the MD says the business has been resilient. Uh, she's also f- uh, flagging favorable agri conditions for the fertilizer business for the remainder of the financial year. Um, which sort of goes against what Elders was uh, was saying earlier in the week. But uh, uh, market yet to be convinced, uh, down 9% today on that update. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Uh, what did you think of Incitec Pivot's update? Uh, yeah, hi, Koshi. And I guess, you know, the market at the moment does seem to be hunting for bad news. This mm. one was a little bit of a miss. Uh, it missed by around 6%. Uh, in terms of their uh, net profit, which obviously they're being punished for, eight point uh, whatever percent down at the moment. Uh, I guess the problem is that it's once again a second half story. Uh, there's lots of uh, optimism 
shall we say, from the company in terms of the outlook, both on explosives and fertilizer. But the problem with fertilizer is it can be a bit smelly. And this one does look a little bit smelly at the moment. It's been going nowhere for some time. $3.20, it's almost flatline. We almost need Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland to come along and uh, give, it the, uh, give, give it the AED, give it a bit of an electrical shock. But it has had the electrical shock. It's reset down to around $2.90. Um, you'd have to think that the brokers are going to be a little bit underwhelmed by this going forward. I know there's lots of talk about stronger second half earnings expected uh, from Dino Noble America and Dino Noble Asia Pacific, uh, fertilizer, etc. But it just, you know, it, when you read all those positive things, you would think everything was rosy, but it doesn't look that rosy at the moment. So second half stories and the market's in a really growly kind of grumpy mood at the moment you don't have to disappoint by a lot uh, to be punished quite heavily we are seeing volumes and interest i think at this time of year uh, wane considerably so uh, punished today i suspect it'll get punished in the next few days although the fall will be less so uh, then it will find a bit of a level so from there it's probably a hole but give it a little time to wash through with these results okay all right andrew well, now that I've turned 60, as you've uh, just told all of our closest <laughs> friends, um, I, I, think I did I'm correct myself. Be, I, I know, I know, but it's fun to pick on you. Um, I think that I'll take the role of the grumpy old man here and just say this has just been a perennial underperformer. Uh, and if you look over even five years, it's been just underwhelming and uh you know this nonsense around a second half turnaround andrew has his amber lights you know so what are some of andrew's amber lights you know change in management uh where the management's buying or selling another one that i'll bring out on my 50th year or 51st year as it would be is around where you see companies talk about but the second half will be better you know this hockey stick nonsense so this is just yeah, I mean, you, you look at what what's one of the, the drivers. One of the drivers is that you've got falling energy prices on concerns that we are potentially going to come into a recession. Fertiliser prices are correlated to that. Energy prices aren't coming back anytime soon. So this talk of a second half turnaround, I hope they do it. And certainly for long-suffering shareholders, they do. But I would be incredibly surprised. It is at best a hold. And frankly, being funky, it's a sell. Okay. All right. Um, tell us what you've really been, Andrew. Um, a bit, a bit harsh with that one. All right. Um, hey, just a quick one without notice. You two, um, um, I mentioned it at the start of the week, the elders update. Um, here was a stock that was so supported in the market by virtually every analyst and went nowhere and then took a, a big step down after the update on um, on Monday. Andrew, does that worry you with elders or do you buy the dip? Are you, are you still supportive of it? Oh, sorry. It depends on which question you're asking there. If it's buy the dip, I mean, I'm just looking at the chart and the chart just looks dreadful. Sure. And I know Tony Moe in the 
Uh, Marcus today, forum uh, expert chartist, showed it to you, Tony, um, has been calling it correctly. It looks dreadful. I mean, from a support point of view, not that I'm trying to take Tony's job by any stretch of the imagination, but I would think 550 from a technical point of view, and even that's being benevolent. Being here in God's own country and full of ag, all I know is that a lot of my ag clients are sort of talking about commodity prices coming back under pressure, coming back to uh, IPL and potentially a turnaround. So, no, it's definitely not to buy it's absolutely it's a stand aside and just let it keep falling away sadly because it is a good company but yeah, yeah. just not worth uh henry um i've got to say koshi i've been completely and utterly wrong on this one uh i thought that we would see some uh a bit of a bounce after the big fall when mark allison uh threatened uh, yeah. well actually announced his retirement and it has just done nothing but go down ever since so i've been completely and utterly wrong on this one so i'm definitely searching for an exit you know yeah. th- th- this is the ceo that's supposed to turn this one around and frankly it has turned around into a bit of a titanic and it's just hit another iceberg and it's falling away this is the year that he was supposed to be uh, doing a lap of honor yeah. to celebrate the uh, however many point plan that he had in place which had rescued elders from ignominy unfortunately ignominy is where it's destined yeah. and i've got to say as i say i am searching for an exit i'm hoping for a little bit of a blip higher in a better market to try and get out of this one but uh yeah i think andrew's right and i probably need yeah. to take my medicine this this has been uh, a dog uh, for many years and it has revealed itself to be a dog again yeah and andrew to your point out it was interesting the consumer sentiment figures that came out earlier in the week uh, dragged down by a, a, a bigger drop in consumer sentiment in regional australia than in capital cities so you know all this thing yeah. about commodity prices up ukraine pushing up that's gone that's in the past by the look of it now yeah, and certainly, I mean, being bashed with 11 interest rate rises, potentially 12, dependent upon which pessimist yeah. you want to listen to today, is equally weighing on things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm yeah. very cautious. All right. Okay, we'll stick with you, Andrew, on this one. Uh, homegrown Queensland company, Brisbane-based. Michael wants a view on Technology One. So uh, you'd have to call it the preeminent software business in Australia, be pretty close when a global business just does its thing out of the limelight. So I started the uh, the show, if we can use that term, as a curmudgeon, uh, which is you know <laughs> foreign to me. Normally, I'm the glass half full type of guy. Um, I quite like this one. I don't mind technology one, but there are a number of caveats. But as an underlying business. I really do like it. I like the fact that close to 80% of their revenue is recurring. I like the fact that they're able to keep up to 99% of their clients a year. I mean, can you imagine that as a business? Mm. You know that 99% of your clients are going to stay uh, and 80% of their revenue is recurring. It gives you yeah. a lot of confidence. It's, it's mainly to government too, local councils and state governments and Correct. things like that, is it? Yep. Correct. So as an example, our local council here, Toowoomba Regional Council, Toowoomba Region Council, I should say, uh, they use Technology One, um, as do a number of the other LAQs around the place. So certainly big fan of it in that regard. The market likes it because they're hoping they're going to replicate what they've done in Australia and New Zealand and the UK. 
And the UK market is a much bigger market. So certainly from that point of view, the market likes it. But now we sort of come to the things that you need to be cautious on. You're being asked to pay 47 times earnings in a market that's around 19 times earnings mm. for 13% forecast earnings per share growth. So Andrew's favourite, the PEG, miserably fails the PEG test. It's certainly not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. But equally so, passes Andrew's ROE test, that return on equity, 41% return on equity if you compare it to and it's a hard business to compare it to but in that tech space the best one i could find was altium and altium's around 26 uh, sorry 23 times earnings that recent cyber breach is probably a little bit of a concern uh but it's been localized but on balance it's a whole because if it was to weaken uh and you could sort of get it back in the sort of 13s or something like that it's a buy okay henry uh, I, I suspect Rudy was the one that phoned in with this one yes. <laughs> and, and, and requested it because uh, I, we were talking about this one, uh, Rudy and I, a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is his favourite stock yep. and, and for good reason, it has been doing pretty well, to be honest. Uh, quality management, even a recent cyber attack uh, on uh, parts of their business didn't really disrupt the flow. We have got results coming out May the 23rd. Uh, it does look as if the uh, annual recurring revenue, they were targeting, I think, $500 million by uh, 2026. It looks like that's going to come sooner rather than later. So that is mm-hmm. good news. This this one is definitely a hold. As Andrew says, if you can buy this cheap, great, but there's always a reason you can buy them cheap. And uh, so probably you'd uh, get a little bit uh, less optimistic if that happened. But uh, I think it's just going to continue to grind higher tech does seem to be a a defensive sector at the moment. Certainly what we're seeing in the US is that tech is that defensive sector. It's hard to believe that Apple is bigger, has a bigger market cap than the whole of the Russell 2000 index combined. So uh, that that is quite astonishing. So I think this one is one of our premier tech stocks. And Rudy's right. This has been going chart-wise left to right, although the, the Velocity has, uh, I guess, fallen away a little bit, but um, you know, certainly sideways to grinding higher. I would imagine this one. Okay. So definitely a hold. Results yeah. May twenty third. Looking for that ARR to be five hundred mm. million in twenty twenty five rather than twenty twenty six. Yeah, I was reading today that the only reason the American market is up is because of their big tech stocks. Uh, take the big stocks yeah. out of the indexes, and the market's been down. So it's been driven by about ten stocks uh, yeah, throughout the gone. entire market. Fascinating. Um, Henry, Erica wants a view on tungsten mining uh, here in Australia, particularly EQ Resources and Group 6 Metals. Um, Yes, EQ Resources, Group 6 Metals, you've just snuck that one in. So that wasn't one that I was uh, looking at. But EQ Resources, uh, they have the Mount Carbine tungsten mine in Queensland, which has been a producer of Wolfram or tungsten in the past. Uh, so that is uh, that is good. They're obviously trying to get that back up and running. Uh, tungsten was discovered in 1783, as oh. a little bit of a trivia fact, and uh, it's used to strengthen steel and various other things. So it's it's basically tungsten means heavy stone in Swedish. There we go. So uh, this this one does look quite... <laughs> Oh, I love the trivia. You love all this, don't you? Um, so um, as far as this one goes, you know, it's it's a question of getting this up and running. Uh, they've got some interesting uh, collaborations. They've just signed some deals with uh, some European Raw Metals Alliance. And, uh, of course, it's a matter of bringing back 
production to what was a producing uh, asset some years ago. So it will take a little bit of time, but uh, it's certainly heading that way at the moment. I've got to say, tungsten is not one of the sexy metals, despite the fact uh, all that wonderful trivia that we've uncovered. But um, it's it's not a bad uh, number. 102 million market cap. It's not got the greatest amount of liquidity as usual. It did spike a bit higher. Uh, I suspect, you know, if you're a believer in the tungsten story, uh, then fine. Are you? Uh, but other... Oh. I, I think they're sexier stories, to be honest, right, Koshi. Okay. Um, yep. you know, if, if, you, if you want to go for critical metals, tungsten probably isn't up there. It is uh, obviously very important in steel and that uh, production there. We're not seeing a great uh, rush in China to uh, stimulate their economy, and we have seen the iron ore price under a little bit of pressure. So that, you know, but for these guys, that's a little way off because they're still not in production. Yep. For me, it's probably... You know, if you believe, you believe. Otherwise, you know, it's got potential just to sort of sag back after some good announcements. You've got to keep these announcements coming in these stocks mm. to keep people's interest. Otherwise, they move on to the next one that's been mentioned on hot copper. So not really one that I okay. would uh, go into, I have to say. Okay. Um, Andrew, what do you think of the, the tungsten story? Group 6, of course, has that mine on King Island, which you, you uh, think is just all dairy and cheeses, but... Who knew they had a tungsten mine there? <laughs> well, being the resident tungsten expert that I am, um, I, uh, I've had a look at both. Um, I, I think that EQR looks interesting because they recently got $10 million from the Regal Resources Royalty Fund. And, of course, oh, yeah. uh, Henry and I are both big fans of Phil King, uh, if I can speak for Henry for a moment. Uh, so certainly having um, Regal in there gives me um, a degree of comfort. I might add, though, that even after getting that $10 million, they've only got one and a half quarters of cash left. So that's maybe not so comforting. Um, but, yeah, look, overall, probably a wee bit exciting for me and if Henry says there are other more exciting things out there I mean obviously lithium immediately comes to mind when people want to love it again hydrogen etc then I'm probably happy to let the let these go in particular and Henry just touched on it but it is important the liquidity or the daily trading on yeah. these is underwhelming hundred million dollar market cap and you got 50,000 a day trading these are crab pots easy right. to get into difficult to get out of okay all right Next stock, uh, Jeremy wants a view on Life360, Andrew. This was a hot topic of discussion. It came up last week between Grady Wolf and uh, Howard Coleman. Um, Howard uh, doesn't want a, a bar of it. Gray, Grady <laughs> talked it up and said uh, the update this week, yesterday, would be, uh, uh, she thought would be a beauty. Uh, they had a bit of a bet on it and uh, it did come out all right. What do you think of Lifestyle 360? Of course, uh, they do enclosed uh, digital platforms, don't they, for families and communities and schools? Yeah, there's a few moving parts on this one, and I'm certainly a, a, a fan of the company, and by virtue of that announcement that came out yesterday, I think it was, they've actually moved to profitability one quarter earlier than what they mark, they guided the market to. So that's certainly a, a big positive. 
Um, in essence, it's around that sort of, well, part of it is around that sort of personal safety bit. So if you're trying to find out where your kids are or, you know, whatever the case may be, you can use that to keep a bit of an eye on, on where people are at or if you've lost your device or whatever the case may be. I guess my argument's always been that Apple has a similar type of offering, Samsung, Google have a particular type of offering. And if you look at the commentary from Life360, what the model is, is you have a freemium model, you sort of a bit of a teaser, and then you're trying to get people over the line to try and pay some money. They've got that tile business as well now as well. Um, look, on balance, um, consensus 995 versus about 650 at the moment. I think there's probably, and coming back to the tech story, everyone's loving tech at the moment. There, there will be a period of time where people don't like tech. That's probably the time to buy this. But they've certainly defied expectations in light of that competition from those three big players I just spoke about before. It is making money. They are now profitable. But probably now is not the time to buy. It's probably the time to buy when people are cool and it's a, it's a halt. But they're doing all right. Henry? So, oh, sorry, oh, yeah. you dropped out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, life, uh, I'm just trying to get my head around any stock that, that Howard and Grady would agree on because that, right. that, is, that, is, that is polar opposites um, in terms of... Yes, I did uh, agree on Cedar Woods. Uh, the woods from the trees. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, uh, the property company, the builder, and La Visa. Yeah last week so they were the two they agreed wow. on nothing else oh, wow was La Visa a sell <laughs> uh, no a buy they both had really? La Visa at a buy how, yeah Howard went for La Visa as a buy so, yeah. oh, well that's extra that's uh, well blow me down anyway uh, uh, that, that is a it's generational enough <laughs> yeah well that's a generational divide there uh, mm. I gotta say Life360 always seems a bit creepy and a bit stalky to me uh, but you can see reasons why you would do it. The, the recent update with 50.3 million active customers paying on average around 116 US dollars per sort of circle of friends uh, is uh, is pretty good. The stock has done very well. It's been clawing its way back. As Andrew says, you know, tech is the new sexy at the moment because it's seen as defensive. I'm not really sure mm. why. Um, but at the moment, certainly in the US, as you say, Kosh, you know, there's 10 stocks driving the US. They're all big tech. They've all done the right thing. They've all mentioned AI and cost cutting. <laughs> if you if you manage to get that in the same sentence, you get yeah. you get a big big jump up. Um, this one has had a big rally from five bucks to nearly seven bucks. To be honest, that's probably a signal for me to be taking some profits in this one. Right. I, I have to say. Uh, you know, as I say, tech is sexy. It could get to um, seven, seven fifty. But I'd be if I've been holding this one since the lows, which it was just messing about with for a long, long time. Uh, most of this year, around that sort of five dollar level, either side a little bit. I'd be taking some profits here. I have to say they've run pretty hard. Uh, yeah. The numbers are good, but they have run hard. I'd be selling and taking some profits. Um, I'm probably um, I'm sounding a bit Howard-like in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that could ever happen. But you take take yeah. your take your capital out, let the profits run, see where it goes. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, okay. ETF Whisperer. We had to had to get there at some stage today. We save them up for you. Uh, John wants a view on the Beta Shares Australian Strong Bear. So John, obviously pessimistic 
about the market. He's reading all those charts of the head and shoulders about to fall, how this replicates 2009 or something, the American market on the way down. Um, if you are a bear, is this a good one? I think John's got every reason to be cautious, Koshi. I mean, we can't seem to get this debt ceiling thing sorted out. Of course, they will do it, but when are they going to do it? Um, There's lots of things going on. So to your question, or John's question, it would be, is this the tool to be using? Um, Andrew the Boring would say no. Um, I'm sure my learned friend may have a different view, but uh, from my point of view, We've been asked this one, oh, gee, when was this? Probably 12 months ago, 18 months ago. And at that stage, the funds under management was about $470 million. Now back to $280 million. So in other words, not as many people have invested in this. What it really is doing is it's sort of taking an inverse view to the market. So in other words, if you think the market's going to fall by 1%, then this will actually go up, in theory, between 2 and around 2.5%. So it's right. sort of an inverse play as to where you think the market is going. So one thing, you know, John thinks the world's ending. He could sell all of his shares off. I'm not telling John to do this, but as an example, John could sell some of his shares off. Now, if he's, he were to do that, he's got brokerage and potentially capital gains tax implications. By virtue of buying this product, and if it sort of, again, as we said, moves in an inverse manner, what you're actually doing is you're, this will go up, which will help defray some of the paper losses that you would have on portfolio, wouldn't have had to pay brokerage and haven't incurred any sort of tax consequences. So that's the theory behind it. But in reality, um, from my point of view, I like simple things. I like to look at a basket and see what the underlying uh, things there are in it. Coming back to Henry's world, it's using futures, it's synthetic, you know, there's lots of different moving parts. So Andrew, the boring, I'm out, but I can certainly understand why people would think about it. I don't recommend it. I don't use it personally. So do thanks you use that. any other uh, short ETFs, if you like, but shorting the market? No. But to that point, Koshi, you know, and we'll take the other side of that, which is the long, you know, or a geared mm. exposure. And again, speaking for Henry, I know he's had some success using geared ETFs, which he may talk about in a moment. Uh, sorry for verbling you. Um, then certainly if you're trying to get into a geared product and you don't have margin calls and all that sort of thing, that's another reason that you might use this style of product, you know. Right. But okay. for Andrew the Boring, favourite type of ice cream is vanilla. Oh, thanks. Yes. Henry Jennings, who traditionally doesn't like ETFs, has just been dobbed in by Andrew saying, maybe love some of them. Um, do, do, do you like this strong bearers? Um, like, Henry, if you are nervous about the market for the next six months, yeah. why wouldn't you have uh, an ETF like this as your insurance policy? I agree, Koshi, 100%. Why wouldn't you have something like this? The problem with this one, um, and there's not many problems, if you are bearish on the market, and let's face it, you know, sell in May and go away, June gets a bit tricky. It did last year when the RBA started raising rates. I had a question from one subscriber this morning on that, why June last year was such a terrible period. Mm. And you look back, and that's basically when the RBA started hitting the, uh, the rate rise button. If you are bearish of the market and you don't want to sell your stocks, there are a few options that you can use if you pardon the pun you can buy index options uh, which are beyond the scope of our license at Marcus today so that's a bit tricky for me to talk about those although I am an options trader from many years ago I ran 
options books for decades. Uh, or you could sell futures. Again, same problem. It's also a bit more complicated. There is margin. You could do CFDs. I wouldn't play that game. Uh, or you could do something really, really simple, which is to buy BBOZ. Uh, as Andrew says, if you sell all your shares, there are tax implications. The, the problem with BBOZ is that it is a leverage product and it uses futures and derivatives to get that exposure because it's basically, if the index goes down 1%, this should go up by 2 2 and a bit percent. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit murky in terms of uh, the actual numbers, but roughly around 2 times what the index moves. The, the problem is if you hold it for a long time, uh, the underlying derivatives that they use do suffer from time decay and various other things. So it doesn't perform always as you would expect if you hold it for a long time. Right. If you're just looking at it for one or two months, then I think this is a really, really valid way to hedge some of your nerves. Let's face it, most yeah. people's biggest assets are their houses. Yep. And who goes to bed at night with a house that is uninsured? Yep, yep. I mean, it's, you know, there are tight, and you don't insure the house when the floodwaters are a meter up or there's a bushfire on your yep. doorstep. You, ha you have to sometimes insure your house before uh, trouble strikes. And having some of this as insurance from time to time, to me, sounds like prudent portfolio management and risk control. As I say, it's probably not something you want to hold for a year because no. of the, the vagaries. You do it strategically. But you do it strategically. There are times of the year when the market will underperform and you may not want to sell your basket of 10, 20 well, stocks. Well, let's, uh, let's bring up that one-year chart again, can we, Jared? Because that's a great example. You talk about last June that you go, yeah. look at last June there, uh, when the world was falling apart, um, this was up to $5.21. Uh, the reason, yeah. you know, and from December through to May, markets have performed well. So this hasn't performed well because, you know, it's, no. it's the opposite bet. But, that, but that's right. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, you never really want to claim on your insurance. No. It's, it's not like you crash your car deliberately or you burn your house down just so you can go, ha, I've claimed on the insurance. Yeah. Uh, you, this, this should sometimes run in parallel to being mm. maybe fully invested, but having a side bet that maybe in the short term things could get a little dicey. Okay. So, uh, you know, I think it's a very valid strategy. All right. Uh, another Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Andrew. Jump in. Yep. Sorry, Crush, you're going to just quickly jump in. I realise it's your show, but I'm the curmudgeon today. Um, <laughs> I, I guess my, my only comment, I think Henry's bang on, but you raised that point. Sorry, can we see that chart again if that's not being yep. too rude? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not too rude at all. It takes a couple um, of seconds to bring up, but it will be, will no, appear. That's, that's yep. fine. Um, so yeah, so again, coming back to sort of that January through May period, there were certainly people that were calling end of January, February, that things were going awry. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it didn't happen. And so you go out and take this insurance. And as Henry said, it's actually going backwards from a time decay point of view. So maybe what I'm saying is that the, the meet you in the middle part is when you see the market falling away, that's the time to buy it. Because coming back to that June part, you can see when it started falling in a heap, that's where you sort of got that maximum yes. benefit rather than holding it for six months and hoping or expecting something happens and it doesn't yeah. act upon yeah. it when okay. it happens, not in yeah. anticipation okay. of. Right. So all in the timing once the, uh, the bears start to move in. All right. Um, 
Also, uh, still on ETFs, Andrew, Rita wants a view on the beta shares Australia 200 ETF. This one's going to be a lot easier, Koshi. So basically, this one, as the name suggests, it just literally tops, t- tracks rather, the top 200 companies in Australia. There's a couple of other ones out there that do this as well. The one that we use, I personally own in my own Saran Superfund, or my wife's in my Superfund, STW from State Street. And there's also VAS, which is Vanguard. It tracks the 300. But instead of trying to work out how many BHP should I have and how many CSL should I have and do I want to be overweight or underweight with banks and I just want to buy an index fund of Australia, this beta shares one or a couple of the other ones I just mentioned, you'd be hard-pressed to go wrong. Right. Uh, the benefit of this one is that the management fee, the MER, is incredibly cheap. It is four basis points. Wow. You know, it is wow. virtually a nothing. Um, so if you're trying to get exposure to the Australian market with the weightings and so forth, I could certainly think of worse products than this. As I said, my personal preference is STW, but there's nothing Why? wrong with this. And Sorry. Why is State Street better? Um, well, part of it is the the heritage part, if I can put it that way, because STW was actually the first ETF that listed in Australia 20-odd years ago. Ah. To me, the difference between four basis points and seven basis points is neither here nor there. And if I was being really cute about it, STW is literally tracking the ASX S&P 200. So when you watch TV at night and the share market, when you're watching 7 News, of course, when the market goes up or down and it tells you what the ASX S&P 200 does, that's what this is right. doing. That's okay. what STW right. is doing. That... Um, A200, rather, is following a selective um, index, which is actually based in Germany, with no disrespect, but you're not actually tracking the same index. So I just want to pure play, follow this one. Nothing wrong with this at all. $2.9 billion funds under management. Um, I like it. Nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, Henry, do you like A200? Uh, nothing wrong with it. I, at the end of the day, you are just investing in the index, the ASX 200, basically. So if you like the index and you want to be invested in the index, why not? I mean, it's 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 no different for that. Uh, diversified, low cost, easy access, liquidity. It ticks all the boxes. So if, if you want to invest in Australian shares, this is one way to do it. STW is another way of doing it. And as Andrew says, the three basis points is, is really neither here nor there. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks in the um, half hour. Um, also stock of the day, Intertech Pivot, a sell from Andrew, hold from Henry. Tech One, a hold from both. If it pulls back to around that $13 mark, uh, then both Andrew and Henry would be interested. Good Aussie tech stock. Uh, EQ Resources and Group 6 Metals in the tungsten uh, sector, a no from both. Uh, Lifestyle 360, a hold from Andrew. Uh, Henry would be taking profits on it. It's had a really good run up uh, and has done nothing for quite a while, so selling to the spike. Uh, Beta Shares, uh, Strong Bear Fund, a no from Andrew. Uh, Henry likes it. Uh, and the A200, nothing wrong with uh, that if you want to mirror um, the um, the index, the um, 200 here in Australia, but uh, Andrew prefers State Street. Uh, here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee. Uh, the May committee meeting is on the platform osbiz.com. Let's see how what they decided that meeting. Um, at the May meeting, they trimmed 1% from Macquarie, Wes Farmers and Elders. 
uh, added 1% to WiseTech Global, MA Financial and Cash, got out of Austell and replaced it with Kelsian Group. Uh, since inception, the uh, the fund is up almost 10%. Keep uh, your selections coming here for the call because that's the first step to get to the investment committee, the first filter. This half hour, Cunaby Resources, Treasury Wine Estates, Hazer, ProMedicus and Leo uh, Lithium. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Henry Douglas wants a view on Carnaby Resources, uh, a little gold explore and deposits with um, uh, in um, Scandinavian uh, projects as well as in uh, WA. Uh, yeah, hi, uh, Koshi. I mean, a great thing about this one is uh, this has been the classic. Uh, this is kind of standard operating procedure for for miners. If you look back at the beginning of April, we had. Uh, such uh, announcements as stunning results at Mount Hope. At Mount Hope, new central load emerges. And then, after the stock has rallied from a dollar to nearly a dollar seventy, guess what? A twenty million dollar placement at a dollar twenty-two, where the stock price collapsed and where it is now trading at a dollar twenty. So there you go. And this is a rinse and repeat. However, this this they're obviously onto something at Mount Hope. Some good results there. Uh, they're now cashed up with that twenty million bucks, and uh, it's I guess it's now a question of just digesting that stock because uh, you know people do take these placements, and if uh, if there's no news forthcoming very quickly, and they can get out for a small profit, they will and they'll move on to the next one. But certainly, you know what we're seeing from these guys is that uh, the results are good. It was good enough to get the stock to $1.70. I suspect around this level, this is a speculative buy. Uh, their project uh, Chalcus is, uh, is, is, it looks a, you know, a reasonable project. And uh, Copper Gold, uh, which of course, you know, we've got gold at record highs. Mm. Uh, copper has fallen out of favour as uh, Dr. Copper has been suffering because of uh, global growth. But I think, you know, in time, this one will do well, but it will need to digest that $20 million placement at uh, 122. So um, it's a speculative buy okay. from me at the moment. Andrew? Uh, it's a hold. And if it went to 90 cents to a dollar, it would be a buy uh, by virtue. And Henry has called it perfectly relating to how these companies uh, do their fundraising. And there's, I'm not having go at them at all. They've literally done it really well. You know, some good news. Let's go out and raise some money. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but even after this raising, they've got about nine quarters of cash to call it two years. So basically, they've got to get some runs on the board in the next two years. Otherwise, they're going to be back with the begging bowls. So to me, Andrew, the miserable 90 cents to a dollar is the buy zone. At the moment, it would be a hold. Okay. All right, Fernando, Andrew wants a view on Treasury Wine Estates, our uh, bigger, biggest listed wine producer, the owner of Penfolds and a whole bunch of other brands. Um, of course, we um, talk in the, in the papers at the moment that maybe there's a calming of the trade wars, that maybe China could uh, drop some of the barriers to Australian wine going back into China, um, which Treasury would be a beneficiary. What do you think of Treasury? 
Yeah, and they might be, but equally so, I think they learnt their lesson when they sort of were trying to push the uh, get into China aggressively, and then of course, as you said, all those geopolitical concerns, and it came back and bit them on the backside. So that focus on the US has really been paying off for them. Uh, when I was doing my research on it uh, before, I didn't realise they actually sell wine in seventy countries. Yeah, um, obviously. Well, they are, they own the vineyards in the Napa Valley, don't they, and in Bordeaux. <laughs> and a couple in China. They have their investor days in the Napa Valley. Surprisingly, I haven't been invited, but anyway, I'm sure one day maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's my predilection for gin, perhaps. I need to sort of find some listed gin um, companies. Anyway, I digress. Um, So, uh, look, I don't mind it, and I like the defensive nature of the business as well. I think that's really attractive. Return on equity is okay. Margin is okay. Where it falls over for me, Koshi, PE of 21. Remembering at the beginning of the show, I said the market PE is around 19. So I'm being asked to pay a 10% premium on forecast earnings of 15%. So it's okay, but I wouldn't call it cheap. So it's a hold. A hold. Okay. Uh, Henry, what do you think of Treasury? Uh, I'm going to give you a tip here, Koshi, uh, mm-hmm. for this one. Uh, there is a show on Apple TV. It's on the free oh, I know. I've watched it. So magnificent. Yes. Drop of the gods. Like yes. Drop of, drop, drop of gods. It is a great show and it does for wine tasting yep. what the Queen's Gambit did for chess. <laughs> It makes it sexy. Fabulous. Yep. It is fabulous. And it's based on a Japanese manga. Now, when I did a little bit of background on Drops of God uh, for uh, for the newsletter, it turns out it was kind of the start of a bit of a revolution in Asia as far as uh, wine goes because ah. it did educate a whole bunch of people uh, about the joys of premium wine. Now, of course, uh, this has a, a direct relationship to uh, Treasury Wine Estates, which, of course, does want to premium push its premium wines over its sort of everyday wines. Uh, Clearly, you know, the China thing is the positive. If there were to be a cooling sufficient to allow Australian wine back into China, Australian wine is allowed into China. Um, It's just Mm. the tariffs are huge, huge, which makes it uneconomic so that there's basically no Australian wine getting into China unless you kind of go through the back door into Hong Kong. This one's fallen a long way and it has had, you know, back at the beginning of April when we're all getting excited about barley and coal and and maybe wine was going to be back into China. It did have a blip higher, but it subsequently, as as those sort of trade negotiations have have stalled, it has slipped back to around 13 bucks. This is a quality stock. Mm. It is a bit of a roller coaster ride. I, uh, if I'm nice to them and say it's a buy, do I get an invite to Napa Valley? I suspect okay. not. Um, but uh, it's definitely a hold. The China thing is is the big prize if they can get in. Yeah. Not that it will happen overnight because it does take time to get those distribution channels back uh, and firing. But the great thing about this is that they have pivoted away from one market and that premiumization that they were trying to achieve with penfolds into that one market they now make a chinese version mm. of of penfolds yep uh, which is which is interesting and of course they're also using the penfolds brand for some of their top quality bordeaux and also for the napa valley wine mm. so 
it's it's an interesting company. They have done well. Management is good, but uh, mm. clearly the share price has been on a bit of a downer, a bit of a hangover there after the uh, all the optimism about China reopening. I think you know you'd probably start to accumulate this one because it is a bit cyclical, and right. we could see it push back up again to uh, towards the 14, 14 50 level again. But twelve seventy five to thirteen bucks is probably accumulate time. Uh, so I guess it's a okay. hold or certainly a, a buy on that little bit of weakness that we're seeing at the moment. All right, Tim Ford, the boss of uh, Treasury, is a mad Port Adelaide supporter. So I'll suggest ah, to him that, that maybe I I lead an investment mission uh, to to Bordeaux the and the Napa. Yep. You're the man, Koshi. Yeah, we're there. We're there. <laughs> All right, our next doc, uh, Maureen, wants a view. Henry on Hazer, uh, the clean technology development company. They've got this low carbon emission hydrogen and graphite production technology. What do you think of yeah. Ajax? Share price has had a pretty good run, too. Uh, the share price has had a pretty good run uh, recently. It does look like it's had a bit of a, um, when I'm looking at the chart here, it does look like a bit of a double top. Uh, And we could see it drift back towards uh, maybe 60 cents. It's 65 and a half cents at the moment. They've just presented at the World Hydrogen Conference. Uh, They've got this, uh, the NG collaboration for a facility in France. They're doing all the right things. It's new technology um, for this hydrogen. And hydrogen sort of, it does come and go a little bit, doesn't it, in, mm. in the press? And when it when it comes, everyone gets really excited about the prospects for hydrogen, especially low emission, <coughs> low emission well, the hydrogen. Budget's which uh, got yeah. a, a huge amount going to to help these companies, has it? Yeah, well, yeah, it has, but um, that doesn't always uh, work out. I have to say, the government's um, support doesn't <laughs> always work out. So um, I, I'd say this is probably a buy, but not quite here. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I'd say if it comes back to sixty cents, it's probably a buy. But at the moment, you just want to let the enthusiasm from the World Hydrogen Conference and the recent announcements and the quarterly at the end of April, just just let that run through. The other problem with this one is that uh, $112 million market cap is there's not a lot of volume on a day by day basis. So um, it is a bit thinly traded. So if you want to have a go at it, it um, you know it, it is sometimes a little bit volatile. They've got cash, nineteen million dollars. Um, so you know it's it, they've got uh, four point seven million dollars in debt. So it's it's it ticks a lot of boxes from an ESG point of view, and, and certainly admirable from a uh, aspirational point of view. I just think it may have run a little bit hard. Looking at the charts, I'm sure Carl or um, some of the chartists out there will look at it and go, "Ooh, that mm. looks like a classic double top," and we could see it back down towards the sixty cents. Okay. Which you'd be, be interested uh, then. So I yeah, hold, I think- hold at the moment, but uh, down at sixty, worth looking at. Andrew yeah. Hazer. Yeah, look, I think 60 cents is the mark. I'm just doing my rudimentary charting, which is a bit of a joke, 61, so I'm happy to say 60. Um, I like the fact that it's really two income streams from a royalty point of view. It's not only the um, hydrogen, but it's also graphite as well, so you're getting a a twofer. And the other thing I really like is that short interest is falling, so people betting that the share price will fall, those people are falling on their swords. The only thing that concerns me, back to Andrew Amber, light uh, is they've got a new CEO so whenever new CEOs I'm just always a little bit cautious around that but on balance 60 cents have a go okay all right 
Um, Andrew, Alison wants a view on ProMedicus, one of the uh, stars of the Australian share market the last couple of years, uh, a favourite of uh, a couple of our panellists here on the call, uh, healthcare imaging software and service at Diagnostic Group, Australia, North America and, uh, and also Europe. And Claude's been right on this all the way through yep, uh, and, and hats off to him. And, and certainly from my point of view, uh, you know, I've had reg regrets, I've had a few. Um, this is certainly one that I've had some regrets that I haven't bought enough for for my clients uh, because it is a great business, but we'll talk about why I haven't and why I probably won't be buying it in the short term. Um, $6.2 billion market cap, and it's really just around that medical imaging software uh, 2D, 3D, 4D, winning a number of contracts along the way. Again, these are long-term annuity-style contracts. It's trading in line with consensus. Consensus is about 61 bucks, and it's got that strong return on equity, 48%, 43% margins. It ticks all those boxes. Where does it fall over for me? Um, I'm being asked to pay 89 times earnings for a company that's got earnings per share growth of 30%. So when we last looked at this, probably, well, I looked at this last for the call, uh, it was 101 times earnings. So I certainly mm. couldn't do it at 101, and I'm still struggling at 89 times. But if they continue to have these contract wins, uh, it is healthcare, it is defensive, it is geographically diversified, big addressable market, all that sort of stuff. I like it. CEO owns about 25% of the company and has been gradually reducing his exposure. But it's one, and I'm probably being highly aspirational, but it's one that you just want to buy when everyone hates the world uh, and we're not in hate the world mode. Right. So it's a whole, it's a goodie. I really like it. Yep. I just can't pay the price for it. Uh, Henry, would you pay this price? No, sorry. Um, it's you know, it's a six billion dollar company that makes thirty seven million dollars. Um, it's just it doesn't make too much sense. It's the multiples are too big. Uh, there's there's clearly uh, going to be competition. They do win contracts, which is great. It has been a market darling because it's one of those go to tech stocks. But at the end of the day, you've got both the founders uh, selling stock. And you've got the chairman has been selling stock as well. I know they've still got an awful lot of skin in the game. But for me, this is a sideways to drifty down at best. Uh, and not for me at these kind of multiples. You know, it's just it's very, very expensive. And that's always that's has the problem. been, though. Always has been, always will be, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, just, yeah, you know, it was kind of a year ago, it was. Well, it was this kind of price. Uh, well, back in January 22, it was 62 bucks, um, and it got down to $36 in that June right. uh, sell-off last year. So that is the time to buy it when everything goes to no, custard. Go. Yep. Um, but you, at the moment, do you, no, do you, not, do you expect a, a replica this June to last June? Yes. You do? Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know in the same stocks, but... You know, the, the script is, is I, my script was April would be a good month. May would get a little bit wobbly, sell in May and go away. We would get a little wobbly in May. And that June, we would see 
uh, a little more wobbly going on. You know, it's it's Northern Hemisphere summer. People go away. Things get thinner there if it's even possible because it's still pretty low volumes in some of these markets. The U.S. market has been supported by 10 stocks, as you say. Uh, we've got debt ceilings. We've got interest rates. We've got, you know, slowing global economy. To me, it right. just looks like a bit of tax loss selling to come. I think some have even gone early with that. And I think our market will get a little wobbly in June, a little more okay. wobbly in June. OK. Andrew, do you concur or? Uh, I'm, you know, market at 97 or 98 percent of its highs in light of all the macro stuff that's going on, never mind these clowns in the US, with due respect. Um, there's certainly more downside risk than upside potential. So if I was in stock picking mode, I'd absolutely have my hands in my pockets in ETF model land. I can't pick where it's going long term. So I'm just dollar cost averaging in across our 14 ETFs. But in sort of um, tactical stock picking mode, there's very few opportunities out there. And if anything, I'd be lightening the load. And, and like I'm 20% cash in my super fund waiting. I think debt ceiling is going to be the trigger because to your point and i know we're running out of time but if you think about your comment before the russell 2000 the broad u.s market exposure is going sideways to down and we're only being propped up by eight or nine names yeah. all you need is weakness in those eight or nine names and it's game on yeah uh, i saw some figures overnight the uh we talk about or well, the government here talks about us going to a trillion dollars in government debt. We're about eight fifty million at the moment. The interest bill in America is a trillion dollars. Forget yeah. the amount of debt. The interest bill, and it's got a trillion dollar budget deficit. At least we yeah. sneaky in a surplus. God, it's frightening. <laughs> I know, I know. The numbers it, are frightening. The the number. Well, the problem, Koshi, is the numbers are so big. Oh. That they they're, they're too big to comprehend. Yeah, thirty one trillion dollars being the debt ceiling. It, they're, they're just too big. And uh, you know, as you, as it's uh, very well known, if you owe the bank, uh, you know, a, a million bucks, it's your problem. If you owe the bank ten billion dollars, it's yeah, their problem. Their problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, the, the numbers just get too big. All right, let's finish off with uh, with lithium. Um, and Henry Ernie wants a view on Leo Lithium. I don't think this is ever come up before on the call and lithium stocks have been hot. Uh, what do you think of Leo Lithium? It's roaring nice ahead. Uh, boom, it, boom. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, boom, boom. Uh, thanks, Ernie. Uh, this one will remain. Uh, it's, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, feel free to join in with some dodgy puns when you like. Uh, this, this one's run pretty hard. Uh, lithium has been back in favor but only in places good stories in lithium are attracting big money again because we have seen a, a resurgence uh, if that's the right word at least a bounce uh, on the lithium price this one has bounced from 45 cents back up to 60 cents 66 cents at the moment uh, they have got a project in cote d'ivoire uh, the Gulamina project, uh, which is under construction engineering in place. 
the capital cost is at 318 million US, lower than some brokers were going for, which is good. Stage one is going to be the catalyst for uh, Leo Lithium. Uh, so everything is going relatively well with this one. I've got to say, having run from 45 to 66, I'd probably be taking a, a little bit of a profit off the table here. This has where been where it's topped out before. Uh, so I'd okay. say short term, a bit of profit taking, but uh, it's probably an accumulate on any week. I know we can't do this because we try and pigeonhole the buy, hold, sells, but it is a, an accumulate on any weakness. It does look like a good project. They're mm. progressing well. Okay. CapEx less than expected, and lithium is back, baby. Mm. This one's roaring. Okay. Put on your watch list. What do you think, Andrew? Is it on your watch list? It wasn't, but it is now, not because of Henry's terrible dad jokes and puns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> detracting. Uh, look, the things I like about it, the CEO's former Galaxy Resources CEO, so you know you've got people there who've got a track record, uh, the fact that they've got $70 million in the bank and they're producing in the next 12 months, they're the positives. Negatives, oh. the port is 900 kilometres away. It's a three-day road trip. Oh. Um, yeah. So that's a little concerning. Uh, you have to do border crossings. Uh, that's a little concerning. But they've got funding. They've got the people who know what they're doing. On balance, I agree with Henry. It's a buy. However, not at these levels. Around that 50, 55 cents is probably where you want to get stuck into this one. Okay. All right. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Good to see you. And birthday boy, Andrew Island. Get on the turps. But another birthday lunch. It's a festival of Andrew. All right. It is. So, mate, that, yeah, that's the Jeez. gin that you keep talking about. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Carnaby Resources, uh, spec buy from uh, from Henry, hold from Andrew. Uh, if it got down to 90 cents, he'd be interested. Uh, Treasury Wine Estate, uh, a hold from Andrew. Uh, hold from Henry, but at these levels, he'd look to start accumulating. Uh, Hazer, a hold from both got down to 60 cents, pulled back to 60, attractive for both. Uh, Pro Medicus, a hold from Andrew, a no from Henry. And Leo Lithium, a uh, take some profits at these levels. But good company, good prospects on a pullback, they'd be interested. Um, so thank you to both Henry and Andrew today. They're always great fun and very informative. That's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co slash call picks or tweet us using the at TV handle. More of Osbiz coming up after this.